the best rugby insight and analysis. OTB Sports Rugby. How, how would you argue if Johnny Sexton was to go and win a World Cup with Ireland and lead them to it that he wouldn't be the greatest? Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Hello there, you're welcome along to Monday evenings off the ball. So the Premier League schedule took a break this weekend, as we know. More games are going next weekend for policing reasons. Sean Ingle of The Guardian with us in the football show with the latest. Plus, Pat Nevin, as both Chelsea and Liverpool look to regroup in Champions League action from tomorrow. Meanwhile, men's tennis has a new star. Caitlin Thompson tells us about 19-year-old US Open champion Carlos Alcarez after his win last night. And not to bury the lead, Shane Lowry in very dramatic fashion, held off Rory McIlroy to win European Golf's flagship event at Wentworth yesterday. We have former European Tour player Gary Murphy on the way. 53106, the text number. We're out off the ball on Twitter. Get in touch. Mick McCarthy here in studio. Hello. Hey, Joe. It's great to see you again. Nice Feels to see like you, it's been months since we've been in the same studio together. Some early talk of a slight tangent making a slight return tomorrow. A slight return. See what you did there. there. Very good. Blue Tones? Is that the name of the band who did yeah. a slight return? There we go. Um, Richie McCormick, hello, straight in. <laughs> it's a music question. Richie, what's That's the answer? R- it's right, right in my wheelhouse, mid-90s indie, yeah. There you go. Uh, a slight return at gmail.com. It was requested by one Joe Malloy. It has been delivered by one Mick McCarthy slash our brilliant tech team here. Um, so they're not brilliant because they gave us an email address, by the way. They're well <laughs> able to do that. They're just they brilliant for other reasons. Outlook like nobody's business. <laughs> yeah. So if, if anybody wants to get in touch with some topics for tomorrow night, not not to like you know take over mm-hmm. for a, 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 a Tuesday show on a Monday, but a slight tangent at offtheball.com. I think I said a Gmail there a minute ago. Did I? <laughs> you very much did. Kind of put the term tech team to like you know dispute there. You can also do tech team set up a Gmail account. Come on. <laughs> well done, lads. At off the ball, a slight tangent at offtheball.com. Send us some emails. No spam, please. A slight tangent at offtheball.com. Yeah, because uh, it lends itself to slightly longer correspondence, I think. That was yeah. that was certainly the We haven't done it in a while. Is we, people have yeah. away, and so um, we're going to do it tomorrow and pick out some topics. That's where, I mean, it's just where Team OTB sit around and chat in a production meeting with less swearing and less libel. Yeah, it's the gist, really. Slightly um, less. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, so, yeah, yeah, let's not jump to conclusions. Uh, we're dragging Ronan Mullen back for it. Like, he's embarrassed by this, I suspect, because he's out there working in the hard shoulder now, having left the show. And we gave him, like, a big farewell on Friday. And within 48 uh, hours working days, he's back in on Off the Ball again. But he's going to come along and drop in for that. So, self, Mick, Arthur, Ronan. Uh, do drop us an email. Pretty embarrassing if we don't get a single email now. <laughs> I've checked well, the that's inbox. That's because they've sent it to some <laughs> random person Gmail. <laughs> no, no, no. Check the inbox. There's nothing there. We'll press on. <laughs> Even if you just want to say hello. Just say hello. Give us uh, thoughts, opinions, uh, feedback, whatever you want. Or if there's an issue you would like us to discuss, then uh, fire ahead. So a slight tangent at offtheball.com has its own email address now, which is very exciting. And apparently uh, you were saying the tech team wizards... I will get this email into my personal account as well. It'll be in a little folder, Jer. Jer? Jesus, what's wrong with me? I've been (laughs) away for too long. It'll be in a little folder, Joe, uh, down beside, on the left-hand side of your email there. I'll show it to you later. Nice. Even I can work that. Yeah. So, uh, strange weekend. We should start the news round, because, Richie, I guess your first story, uh, very much part of uh, what's been going on. Uh, The news round, as ever, is with thanks to Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. It was that strange weekend where Premier League uh, didn't just take a back seat. I mean, it was was gone as all the establishment sports uh, continued in light of the Queen's death. 
and uh, more so for policing and logistical reasons, Richie, next weekend going to be quite severely hit as well. Yeah, we couldn't be having the working classes gathering, Joe. Uh, three of this weekend's Premier League games have been postponed due to events surrounding Queen Elizabeth's funeral. Sunday's meeting of Manchester United and Leeds, as well as Chelsea and Liverpool, both been called off. Also postponed is Saturday's clash of Brighton and Crystal Palace. The other seven fixtures will go ahead as planned, including Brentford and Arsenal. Mm. So the Brighton-Crystal Palace game was postponed anyway due to rail strikes, yeah. so that remains postponed. Chelsea-Liverpool, that's the Sunday half-past four game. That's in London. That goes for fairly obvious reasons. And then presumably Manchester United and Leeds, they had discussions with local police enforcement. And clearly this is a grudge match and probably needs extra policing. So that's why Manchester United, even though it's in Manchester, that game against Leeds is gone. It does mean that Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool, Leeds, Brighton, Palace will not play a Premier League game in a month. Yeah. Now, in international the, window is part of that. Yeah, but of course. still, a month, a month without a Premier League game. In this season of all seasons. Yeah. Where, you know, the congestion, like, especially for the teams in Europe, Arsenal are missing a Europa League game as well. Against PSV. Um, against PSV this Thursday. So if you think of, it's already a tough season to fit everything in when you've got the Europa League yeah. on your Thursday nights. If they go far in that competition, they go in the Cups, you know, both of the Cups, they've got the World Cup in the middle of it, and they have to make up two Premier League games and the Europa League game. I don't yeah. know. It's it's actually... You, we, we were talking on the show a couple of weeks ago about the, the fixture list for Spurs and United, I think, were the two that we picked out for the next couple of months. This is before any of this happened. Mm. I just don't... I actually don't know how they're going to fit everything in. It's going to be insane. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to worry about it because they'll figure it out or extend things by week if they had to. PSV mm. have a reputation, fans. Do they? I didn't realise that either. That was one of the reasons. It was an incident that yeah, I heard last week. No, not a, like a, we need we need police there yeah. to okay. manage things against Arsenal. So apparently PSV fans have a reputation. I hadn't heard that. You had, Rich? I think there was an incident last year, last season. I could be wrong. Okay. I, from memory serving, I think there was an incident at Ibrox involving their supporters. Now, forgive me if I'm actually wrong on that, but that is something right. that rings a bell. Now, granted, I've been, I'd been to a PSV home game and you couldn't meet, meet a nicer bunch of supporters within the stadium, but sure. I guess there's no judging and no accounting for these things. Mm. Well, I was just going to say, obviously, a remarkable, remarkable 10 days plus right across the UK at yeah. the moment. I mean, even today, there's like arrests for people shouting things at Prince, Prince Andrew as he walks behind the coffin, all this kind of stuff going on. Um, but uh, one of the reasons that the policing demands are so great is not just that like London will be the fullest it's ever been in history ever on the Monday. It's that the Queen is going to be lying in state for three, if not four days. And apparently the queues to walk by the Queen, presumably at the Abbey, Westminster Abbey, I don't know, but wherever she's going to be lying in state. It's one of the palaces. It's, it's in one of the... Um, palaces. Uh, what you call it? No, it's in, it's in the government buildings. Okay. Yeah. The queue to walk past the Queen lying in state across those three, four days, estimated to be a 20-hour queue. 20 hours? 2-0. That's more longer than Wimbledon Centre Court. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, yeah, how long do they get? I guess you got to keep going. Yeah. yeah just keep could, walking. And most of them will just be Wave. looking at their phone, taking a picture as they do. Well, I guess you wouldn't. Would you? No, you wouldn't. Be a bit uh, garish. I wouldn't be surprised. Although I don't know if you'd be allowed. Yeah, you wouldn't be allowed. Of course yeah. you wouldn't. That'd be ridiculous uh, to just have people walking by taking pictures. But yeah. 20 hour, I guess you just shuffle by and you keep on going. And needless to say, a 20 hour queue is quite long. So a lot of police are going to be needed. So um, that's why the whole thing is is where it is. I presume the Premier League and the FA are sitting around now saying, 
why did we cancel the weekend's games given oh, rugby and cricket and racing and golf what did you think about it like there was this sense that they were nearly forced to by kind of societal pressure and obviously the the other sports went ahead after the premier league had and, and football i suppose had made its decision but it does feel like i especially think last week i think on saturday and sunday i think it would have been impeccably uh observed. you know observed uh tributes all across the board and things would have got on with it and i think then there's a like there is a sense of kind of like obligated mourning here for a lot of people whose kind of you know weekend was not to put too fine a point on it like i mean it's, it's not to say that life and death isn't more important than sport or football but like at the same time there's a lot of people who aren't impacted sure emotionally or anything else by the queen's death and like for football to just be taken away which is a big part of people's weekends at this time of year. I, I, and not to mention travel and costs that are associated with cancelled travel and so on and so forth. So, my instinct when it was first announced and when uh, she first passed away was, oh well, that's all the sport from the weekend gone. And yeah. I guess in the context of being in the UK, I thought, well, that seems maybe about right. But then very quickly, when you realised that rugby was continuing, mm. golf was pausing for a day, which was you know a very neat way of doing it and a good way of doing it. That racing was coming back on Sunday in that context it's suddenly and as, as you watch the weekend unfold and elements of normal life continue like sport and, and, and kind of tributes at all those various sporting events being perfectly observed as you watch that and that all felt very right and very appropriate I would say if you were um, you know uh, worried about it all feeling right it seemed like such a misstep on football's yeah. uh, part because it just seemed like I mean it was quite straight at Wentworth you had Paul McGinley and the presenter Nick Doherty dressed like in black suits and a yeah. black tie and white shirt. So the, the it was a, it was obviously kind of surreal in ways, but <laughs> you certainly didn't think, my God, how is this happening? In, and so football should have happened. No, as well. of course not. That's what I'm saying. Like you know, there but is instinctively, when it first happened on Thursday, I thought, oh, they're gonna they're all gonna be gone. Yeah, yeah, maybe it was maybe. fear. It was fear. It was that, fear more than anything else. I suppose that's what I'm trying to say. That, sorry, Richie, yeah. but there's a, there is a sense that. You know, football is under this pressure. And look, I don't know if it is because it's like the working class game or because it's got history of bad behaviour or whatever the case may be, that it was under pressure that the other sports weren't under because it's also under a microscope in the way that the other sports aren't. But like, I think football needs to stand up for itself a little bit, you know, and say that like, I mean, it's surpassed those problems of the past by its sheer size and the amount of you know, success and money that is in it at the moment. And it needs to say to itself, do you know what? I don't really care if GB News are calling us out as this, that and the other. We'll survive that and we'll manage. Yeah. And we'll ultimately make the right decision for us rather than for what people who are maybe acting in bad faith are saying about us. Yeah. It's like, you know, like politicians or so who have to act on based on what like Fox News are going to say about them. It's like Fox News are going to say that stuff anyway. Mm. Yeah. So you do what's right. I'd love to know if they actually consulted with the rugby authorities and racing authorities and yeah. the uh, golf fraternity at Wentworth just to say, what are you guys doing? Because obviously, look, if, if they all stop and then football goes ahead, then it's there to be shot at. But yeah. when, once they would have got word that everything else is going ahead, then I'm, surely they would have said, well, mm. oh, well, if that's the way we're all operating in 2022, then yeah. press ahead. But as you were saying, it was a 20-minute meeting. They seemed to just make the decision quite yeah. quickly and move on. You know? Where the Premier League and the FA did feel a sport apart is that, I had always thought it was just uh, Prince William, but it turns out the Queen as well is a patron of the FA. So that was where they felt, well, our patron, the monarch, has died, so we have to be seen um, 
was part of the thinking. Anyway, we've talked about this issue more than I suspected. <laughs> we've we nothing else to talk about because they cancelled. <laughs> so where are we going next, Richie? Yeah, as you mentioned, there are severe limitations on police resources, according to UEFA, as forced Arsenal's Europa League group game with PSV Eindhoven to be postponed. That game is due to take place at the Emirates on Thursday. No new date has been revealed for the fixture. Wednesday's Champions League meeting of Chelsea and Salzburg at Stamford Bridge does go ahead. The EFL fixture programme resumes as scheduled tomorrow. Games in the Championship League 1 and League 2 will go ahead with players wearing black armbands. The national anthem there will be played following a period of silence before each kickoff. That bleeds into URC as well. Yeah, Munster's opening fixture in the United Rugby Championship has been pushed back a day due to a visit to Cardiff by King Charles. The game with Cardiff at the Arms Park will instead take place on Saturday afternoon. It's now going to have a five past three start. All other fixtures this weekend, including Ulster's meeting with Connacht, will proceed as normal. And then Leinster back giving press conferences and updates today. Yeah, they are. And Hugo Keenan and James Lowe are going to miss the opening games of Leinster's season. Keenan is out with a knee and abdominal issues while Lowe is dealing with a calf injury. Leinster begin their season away to Zebre on Saturday lunchtime. Good old URC. Can Leinster overcome Zebre away with those two injuries? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. I was reading there wondering whether, you know, Connacht could crack the top eight this year and how their early fixtures are going to, uh, you know, be... Not make things easy for them. Look, I don't know. I mean, there is there is certainly a sense that I'm excited that rugby is coming back. Uh, but the only problem is with rugby, it's such a soft <laughs> start to the season. Soft like Peter Matney got married at the weekend with like half the Munster team there, you know. And you're looking at it on Instagram, you hold on. It's like is Munster are Munster not playing next week? It's like you know, first month is very tough. It going. really is, you know. But look, we we there's things to see in that first month, absolutely, and we'll dig into them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I mean, they don't. You don't get this sense of. Oh, like it's back next back week. Bang. It's certainly yeah. these are important games, and that is something that ultimately the URC have to sort in the next couple of years, like as they continue to grow. Yeah, it's funny. Um, who was it in the papers? Because Martin and UI, the URC chief executive, quite a few of the papers were really criticising his press conference last week when they announced the sponsorship with Qatar, and you know, coming out with lines like, "Well, well, maybe we can spread rugby values to Qatar and all of this stuff," which never really <laughs> adds up when you stop and think about it for all of two seconds. It might have been Neil Francis in his piece in the Sunday Times. Uh, he was making the point that, you know, uh, Martin and UI and the URC like might be better served sitting down with Andy Farrell and whoever they need to sit down with across the season and saying, for instance, Johnny Sexton plays about six or seven or eight of these games a season. What can we do with the fixture list to ensure that the frontline players play in the Munster Leinster games? Yeah. And just to have like more really big days and because and, and, like, too many of those Munster Leinster games. Yeah, you're looking at the team sheet going, oh, this is just not what it was even five years ago, certainly 10 years ago. That struck me as a very good idea. Wouldn't it be great if they said to Andy Farrell and to the Pirates of be Leinster Munster, in good faith, obviously there were injuries and training the week of a game or whatever, but what would we have to do to get your frontline players, when would we have to put this game on to make Leinster Munster a massive occasion twice mm. a year? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's just an aside anyway. No, and it's a good aside. I, I just think as well, though, when you start things so slowly in the competition, no matter how many times you tell us that competition is important later on in the year, it's 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 hard for that mindset to change from a fan because you're not an idiot. You've watched it when it didn't matter mm. for a month or two. Now it matters to the to the clubs and to the players that are out there. Don't get me wrong; it's obviously important. But for a fan living and dying by it, you can't. As if I'm a Leinster fan, you can't tell me that watching third and fourth choice choice guys out there actually means as much as the Highland Cup games. So Jurgen Klopp was talking today there in Champions League action against Ajax tomorrow, Richie. 
Mm, Scotland will be without Andy Robertson for this month's Nations League visit of the Republic of Ireland to Hamden. The Liverpool fullback sustained a knee injury in last week's Champions League defeat to Napoli. His manager Jurgen Klopp believes the Scotland captain will be out until after the international break. And Liverpool, as you mentioned, returning to Champions League action against Ajax tomorrow night. And Klopp says there have been plenty of open discussions among the squad and the coaching staff in the wake of their humiliation in Naples. So yes, we were. This were f- four or five days now off absolute truth <laughs> so we didn't hide anything we didn't hold back anything there was no need for that um, we just said how it is but not to to knock the players down or whatever no just to make sure um, where we are now after this game this is the starting point for us and now we have to make sure that we um, sort the problems again together on the pitch well there was no pointing at each other or whatever. That, that, that was a good thing about the game, pretty much. That nobody was, was now crazily good and scored four goals, and we conceded eight. And then we could have said, they could have said, uh, obviously, offensively we were good. No, we were not good in, in, in all departments. We had two or three normal performances, and the rest was under, the le- below the level, what they usually do. So that was Klopp. We'll talk to Pat and Evan later on about that situation. On the uh, cancelling of the games of the weekend just gone, fear of hooliganism is always well-founded, says a text here. Think about the Euro Champs final, total muck. Oh, I mean, that's a totally different situation. I mean, <laughs> a totally different atmosphere. And also... what What's what's there to be worried about with hooliganism this week? No it's, hooliganism. it's booing or, uh, you know, not At worst it's booing. a yeah. uh, minute silence or something. You yeah. Know? And also, like, if that was the reason to not have the games of the weekend, and I don't think it was, but I mean, it's not like they're not going to have to pay tribute to the Queen eventually. They can't just not play games for the next six months in the hope that when they come back for the first time that there won't have to be some kind of acknowledgement. So you're kicking a can down the road. I don't think that was the reason. I don't think that was the reason at all. Uh, Brighton v Pat's rail strike has been cancelled, but the game is still off. Makes no sense. Yeah, I saw that. That's strange. The the rail strike is now (laughs) off. I think it is hard to put back on to have a U-turn on a previously cancelled event I think once it's cancelled I think it's going to take a lot to um, get all the resources and whatever else and staffing and everything else back in people who would have cancelled tickets etc quiz question what motorway links the derby between Crystal Palace and Brighton so 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 I know so (laughs) go on is the M25 so you're wrong now sit down, McCormick, See. and let a professional answer this question. <laughs> that, uh, that brought back such a memory of school. Do you remember why at kids, so, 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 so. if we knew the answer, why were we like, oh, oh, sir, <laughs> sir, please, sir, please. Especially like with Richie, when it's like forward. not exactly well-founded confidence. Yeah, why don't you get your hand down? <laughs> Front row. It's the M23. You were close, Richie, but way off. Did what? you say Brighton Palace? Yeah. Is that the derby where someone took a dump in the dressing room? <laughs> the... Um, no, no, I don't Brighton know. I actually don't want to say what came into my head there in case I'm completely no, wrong Gus and I Poyet. defame somebody. No, like Gus Poyet released a statement. He's like, we're going to get to the bottom of this. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> if you Google Gus Poyet there and I don't know. Yeah. Uh, dressing room. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm well. I'm dancing well, around well, the obvious words there, here. Yeah. You uh, the yeah uh, Gus Poyet was fuming after excrement was found in the Crystal Palace dressing room. Brighton have launched an investigation after excrement was found on the floor of the Crystal Palace dressing room before Monday's Championship playoff second leg at the Amex Stadium. Yeah, that's right. Championship playoff in the big M25 23 derby. We did a big piece in that. And like the, like 
it got deep as in like there were rumors oh it was an, it was like a double it was an inside job like we did it in our own dressing room so we could blame <laughs> yeah, them like, you know <laughs> oh, hey, there, there's a headline here from 2017 Poet believes human feces palace found was a lucky poo I don't really want to know more than that I presume that maybe they won the game then it was like a, something that they continued every time I don't know who knows but uh, yeah, that's how I know that Derby. Yeah, there you that's go. Like, so there's a real antipathy between those oh, two yeah. sides, even yeah. though there's a distance between them. There's, there's like literally a motorway between them. Yeah, yeah. So Richie, you buried the lead there. Uh, amazing finale at Wentworth yesterday afternoon. You had a leaderboard with Lowry and Ram and McRoy. Yeah, uh, Shane Lowry back inside the world's top twenty golfers following yesterday's victory at the BMW PGA Championship. His final round sixty-five saw the Clara golfer finish on seventeen under par, shot clear of both John Ram and Rory McIlroy. Five years ago, Lowry blamed a brain fart to continue a theme for costing him victory at Wentworth, and he says he wasn't going to let that happen again yesterday. As I remember Alex Noren did it to me one year, and he he the year he won, he shot, went out early and shot sixty-two, and that came into my head, and I then you know I was trying to. I got to 16 and I was trying to get past that but then I had to you know worry about Rory behind me because he could do anything down the last few holes uh, you know how good he is but uh, yeah I'm just uh, I just tried my best I just tried to to hit shots I said to my coach this morning uh, you know I need to just allow myself to play golf today I need to just I'm playing the best golf of my life I need to just allow myself to do that and I did that winning is always an emotional experience we can see that from your reaction were the circumstances this tournament was played in, did they heighten those emotions? I think so, yeah. I think so. Um, you know, I made no secrets as to how I feel about the whole thing at the start of the week. And um, I wanted to go out and win this tournament for myself, first and foremost. But I think for this tour and, you know, everyone that has stayed loyal to this tour and everyone that's done everything for this tour, I, I really feel like, uh, you know, this is, this is one for the good guys. It was just an amazing last hour in particular there when Ram had set the early target with 62 and you knew that Lowry and McElroy had scoring holes to finish with. Yeah. And could they catch him and how would things play out between the two of them? And McElroy missed a put on 18 for Eagle, which oh, just ordinarily that would fall the other way. I, like, he was bemused and it was there was a lovely moment afterwards where you could the mics were there and you could hear Shane Lowry and McElroy talking to each other afterwards. And Lowry said, I don't know how that put dropped and then they were slagging each other and McElroy had beaten Larry at Wentworth in 2014 in similar kind of fashion mm -hmm. and so uh, I think Larry said to McElroy it's one all as in in our Wentworth uh, duels and he said to Rory you've won enough and McElroy was very happy for him kind of made a real point of running down to give him a hug but like for Irish golf it was Unreal. an amazing thing this is the flagship event Wentworth on the European Tour was the best um, European Tour competition in, in quite some time that I can remember and I think Larry is right when he says he's playing the best golf of his career this year. I think, and it's it's odd-ish to say it, given he hasn't won a major, but I think McElroy is actually playing the he best golf be. of his career at the moment as well. In terms of consistency, and yeah. every time I turn on golf at the moment, Rory McElroy is like striking the ball beautifully. His yeah. putting seems to be, you can you know this better than me, but his putting seems like, in terms of consistency, seems like it's up there with where he's never been before almost. He looks like he enjoys putting again, mm. which you haven't said about McElroy for a very long time, and that's Brad Faxon's effect. And then the key thing is, last year with his wedge play, genuinely like 200th on tour wow and now he's up to like number one or two yeah, yeah. it's been like a transformation on Lowry though like just on, on on the event I suppose yeah watching it on like watching a European tour event that you know half five on a Sunday evening is not something we really do too much anymore you know and 
there was just it was a it was that beautiful it felt almost like a major now that's because of the Irish people involved don't get me wrong it's not this way for everybody but it felt like a major it felt like this you know that that tension that lasts an hour and a half when you knew that he was going to catch Ram but then once he caught him tightened up a little bit yeah. you know didn't strike the ball as well and then when he hit it uh, what looked like it was into the trees on 17 Tough and when he drive. got up there it was just into the it was just in the rough a little bit recovered yeah. quite well you know but still only the par and you're thinking oh well you could do the same on 18 and then yeah. it's playoff time but when he hit that shot what I love about Shane Lowry right I feel there's very few other golfers that would have stitched that second shot on 18 and have the two putts to win and admit to himself I'm going to openly show it I've won this tournament or I've at least passed John Ram and only McElroy can catch me. You know, he was celebrating going up the fairway. Nobody else would do that. They'd be all holding themselves in and, hmm. you know, oh, I have to make sure I get the two put, you know? Yeah, That's yeah, what I yeah. love about Shane Larry. It's so on his sleeve. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk to Gary Murphy in uh, just a couple of moments' time because it was an, an extraordinary afternoon for Irish golf. Uh, so, Larry joins McElroy and Harry Bradshaw as the only three winners at Wentworth again it is a big tournament and uh, there is something about Larry like he's only won only six isn't it only won six but Mm. you think of there's an Open in there there's a WGC in there there's an Irish Open in there as an amateur amateur, (laughs) which was maybe the most insane of all and there's uh, now a PGA Wentworth there so he tends to win big when he wins Uh, he was talking about trying to become an annual winner now increasingly but uh, Gary Murphy going to join us very shortly just to mention before we sign off Richie because we're talking to Caitlin Thompson after 8 o'clock and the question we're asking and I think the answer is going to be he's damn special is Mm. how good Carlos Alcaraz could be yeah, Carlos Alcaraz only tapped into around 60% of his potential, according to his coach, Juan Carlos Ferrero. The 19-year-old has leapt to number one in the world following last night's four-set victory over Casper Ruud in the US Open final. Were it not for the COVID break in 2020, Ferrero believes Alcaraz's first Grand Slam may have come even sooner, and the Spaniard is sure there are many more to follow. As I said before, I think he born to play this kind of tournament and uh, he wants to play this tournament and he wants to, to win it. Uh, the other day I said to someone on the press that maybe Sinner uh, and Carlos could uh, you know, dominate the tour for maybe the next 10 years uh, from what I saw, the level that I saw the other day. Uh, of course, there's another players like Esberev or Team or Casper or Sissipas that, that they're going to be there and they're going to have uh, opportunities to, to win Grand Slams for sure, with all, but with all respect, uh, that's what I think. Okay, we're talking about that after eight o'clock. A couple of texts in, uh, lads. When Tim Barter asked a question about the golf tournament played under a huge sense of emotion, I think he he meant the Queen's death and not the live tour. I think Shane misunderstood the question. Says Joe, absolutely, hundred uh, percent. It was it was definitely a moment where Tim saying like, obviously an incredible week, a lot of emotion, and Shane was like, yeah, those live ass, you know, oof, don't like them. But then to be fair to him, he was asked at the presentation about the week that was, and he actually spoke brilliantly about the Queen's passing and mm. Wentworth and all of that because they're they're tough questions to one wearing black as well yeah indeed he lo- oh, he's always a Sunday he, he's black a, he's yeah. a Sunday him black and Gary Player is. and then um, agree on the URC the season tickets for Leinster Rugby becoming less value each year as more often than not you're seeing uh, the first you're not seeing the first choice team week in we get we'll re- reconsider in 12 months as Colin in Dublin you have much chat about that on uh, a Monday or Wednesday night rugby coming your way soon fellas we are out of time Richie thanks a mil nice lads Mick, thank you. Thanks, Dad.